You know, one of the best things about the contracting world and here at EGA Contract University is that we learn from each other. And as part of that, we have Mr. Scott Deming, who's going to continue in his ongoing series of interviewing other contractors to learn their best practices. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Cracking the Code, a Contract University's official video interview series powered by EGIA. I am your host, Scott Deming, and with me today, Mr. Patrick Summers from General Air Conditioning and Plumbing. Let's bring the young man in. How you doing, Patrick? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, we really appreciate you being here and know how busy you are, and uh, especially this time of year. Um, so, Patrick, just as I always like to do, let's just jump right into it. Give us a little background on, uh, you know, where where you started, like how did you get into this business, how you got into general, and then how eventually, you know, you, you, are, you are where you are today with general. So if you wouldn't mind a little bit of background so folks can understand who it is they're listening to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's an interesting story. I, I always was interested in business and, and somehow, some way, I ended up in the dry cleaning business. Um, helping a relative out and um, ended up buying my own business um, and did that for 10 years and um, realized I didn't really enjoy it, but I enjoyed when, when things would, would need to be fixed. And I, so I, I started learning how to work on my own equipment. And long story short, the economy started going south and uh, it was 2008, 2009. Uh, a tip, if you want to know how the economy is go going, ask, uh, ask your dry cleaner. Um, but I, I needed to get out of it. So I sold the business and I, I started going to school at night for HVAC refrigeration because my goal was to get into servicing and selling dry cleaning equipment. And of course, lo and behold, um, the economy went so bad that Dry cleaners were closing. Nobody was fixing or replacing equipment. And so I answered an ad on Craigslist for $10 an hour as a uh, entry-level maintenance technician. I was only halfway through school. Uh, and I, I, I came and I interviewed. I interviewed with some people that were more experienced than me. Uh, I ended up getting the job. And, uh, of course, Frank Harrison at the time was the owner. I'll never forget it. He said, uh, you know, it only pays $10 an hour to start. But uh, don't think about the, you know, the money. And I told him I never, I never take a, a, a job for, for the money. I take it for the opportunity. And what he didn't know at the time is I walked in here and I had written down on a, a paper napkin a few months earlier a bunch of my goals. And one of the goals was to own my own air conditioning and heating business um, in five years' time. So I, I wanted to get. A I, got a I got a question for you. I don't, yeah, mean, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but so that just because when I used to have my ad agency, a guy came in for an interview and it kind of blew it for him because he said, I said, so what are your goals? And he looks at, at the guy who would be his boss if we hired him, he says to have his job. And so it was like, you know, he left and, and the guy, the director goes, nah, no. <laughs> so the, what, my question is, did you ever tell like early on, did you tell, um, is it Her Mr. Harrison? Yeah, yeah. Did you tell him that that was your goal? I, I, I never, I never told him, but I believe I demonstrated it. I got it. Um, and yeah. that's where the opportunity came from. I will tell you, I have, I have a member of our team working for us now. Uh, her name's Stephanie, and I interviewed her, young single mom, and I was the general manager at the time. And she, I said, where do you see yourself in five years? She says, I want your job. 
I actually hired her because of that. Um, because I was like, man, I love that ambition. And, and let me, let me help you get my job. Um, because I knew, I think I was confident enough knowing that I was going to have my own business. And so anyways, I, uh, I, I, I started January, 2010. Um, and in August, um, Frank Harrison offered me a job as a service manager. Um, knowing I had very little experience, but he saw I had the business experience and, and, and I, I always took a job and I, I think this is something I teach my kids and I teach everybody on our team every day, show up like you're the owner. Uh, you have to show up like you're the owner and, and take ownership in what you're doing and, and operate as though it was your business. And I did that and I, I believe it stood out. So August, September, 2010, I started as a service manager. Um, I, sometime in 2011, I became ops manager and then quickly moved to general manager. And um, at the time we had a, a, a selling tech and then he was a comfort advisor and then eventually sales manager who is now my partner. It was 2013, Frank came to both of us and said, hey, I, I wanna retire when I'm 75. Um, and And I'd like to, to, to sell you both the business. And are you interested? And of course we said yes. And it was interesting because I think back to having that goal written on my napkin to to get enough experience to get my contractor's license, buy a business. I, I never knew when I walked in that it was going to be this business. And I think it's I think it's a, a testament to having goals, writing goals down. And and when you're clear in your goals and you're conscious of your goals, it's amazing how things in the universe kind of just start working to make to make things happen. Yeah, you you know so, the, the saying the saying you are what you what you think about, uh, you become what you think about. I mean, <clears throat> having such a such a singleness of purpose, uh, such a vision, and it and it came through for you is really a, a quite a testament. And the the other thing I want to say is when you talked about how you you hired this woman because she said she wanted your job. Um, you know, I made a joke and and quite honestly, we didn't like this guy, not because of that answer, just be, but because of his attitude. He was an extremely kind of snarky and, and, uh, and sarcastic yeah. guy. So but you you are displaying one of the I just did a whole series of leadership programs in Canada uh, a week ago. And one of the things I talk about is what the, the sign of a great leader is someone who's confident enough in their own skin where they're not, they, they don't get threatened by other people's ideas or if they have a smarter person in the room. And the fact that you said, I want, I want you to have my job and you groom people to be great leaders, that's the sign of a great leader when they can groom others to be great leaders. And if that's truly what you have inside of you, you want to see people grow, then you are truly, you were, you were born to be a leader. So I want to commend you on that. But I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you on your, on your story. So, so uh, Frank offered you and um, uh, I'm sorry, the other gentleman's name, uh, Francisco, Francisco, Fran Rodriguez. Francisco, uh, the, 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 uh, the company. So when, when did you finally buy the company? So we entered into a, uh, we, we formulated a succession plan and, and had a, an agreement and a plan and some golden handcuffs and things like that um, in place in 2013. And we ended up, uh, completing the purchase in, uh, it was April of 2018. And I will say, I, I, my goal again, when I walked in here was to five years, have a, have my own business. And so, um, 
and, and at a certain age and I missed, I missed my goal. My birthday's in January. So I missed my goal by a few months, but, uh, I'll, I'll live with that because, uh, <laughs> because it was close enough. I'll say. Yeah, let's, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so going to end. I'm going to end this interview right now because you were such a slacker. Um, <laughs> very, very, very disappointed, Patrick. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah. So, so um, you know, so April 2018, and it, it was it was interesting because I, I'd been the general manager, and um, and and I I say this with humility. Uh, I was I was a good general manager. I was. Um, yeah. You know, I, I believe if you're like, make me sales manager, make me service manager, whatever it is, take me into a totally different industry, make me in charge of that. And I'll put my sole focus into it. Um, and as general manager, um, that's what I did. And, and, and to me, it's just very clear on how things should go, how things should get done, um, how to motivate people. Um, then, then you move into the owner's seat and, and where we were. I, now, now I'm general manager and owner, um, and, and a partner. And man, it's a, it, it's it is a whole different um, element. There's a, there's there's you know you have different responsibilities. I'm now doing things that that I didn't do and I didn't have to worry about. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is prior to the close of the purchase of the business, somewhere in the back of my mind, you you have this you have this understanding that. You can always walk away. You can just walk out the door, never return, and and no harm, no foul, right? Not yep. that I would ever do that, but you you kind of had that there. Now you're the owner. Um, you got uh, especially us new owners, personal guarantees. Um, you've got a, a team that you have to make payroll for every week. Yeah, you're responsible for providing for their families through, through the business. Um, and, and so it, it just, it, it really takes on a different element because now you can't just walk away. You're right. Um, and so, so mentally you have to, you have to make that shift. Um, and you, and you have to be able to make that shift. And I think that in my opinion, I think that's some, some of the reason when people go into business for themselves, especially when you're doing a trade and then you decide to do your own business, I don't think that that reality is really thought through to the extent that 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 it should be. All right. So let me ask you, let me ask you, since you're going here and this wasn't going to be uh, part of the conversation, but I also owned a business and I know what you're saying. You you um, it's a wonderful thing. It's extremely gratifying, all those rewards. But at the same time, uh, you're on the line for all of the all of the uh, you know, liability, you're on the line for all the losses. I mean, anything that could happen bad is going, you're going to take that. Uh, you are also tied to it. Like you, you, you can't just say, let's pick up and move. You, you now have a business that you own, which you have to stay there for. So let me ask you this, um, based on the fact that you, you recognize some of these things after you became an owner, you weren't really anticipating them. Somebody watching this this interview right now is thinking about possibly starting their own HVAC company. What piece of advice would you give to them? Um, really, really think through your level of commitment. Um, you, you, if you are not 110% committed, um, you need to get there uh, because you, you are, 
you're you're moving forward with something that it's not like working for somebody where you can just you can just end end it go find another job you you've got i think i think you've got moral ethical um financial legal um ties and responsibilities which is great i think it's fantastic and i think it's one of the great things about being in business because not everybody has what it takes um but you have you have to really understand and the other thing i'll say is if you have a significant other, um, make sure they understand because they've got to support you and they've got to be 100% behind that. Um, I know I'm in a, in a CEO peer group and we had this speaker come in and one of the things he said when he was speaking to us, he, he said, hey, listen, um, he had talked about his having to take his company to the UK and um, it wasn't until he's sitting with a team of lawyers with him and his wife was there that the wife realized that the uh, the nest the house was uh on the line and he said if your wife doesn't know that you could lose the house if uh if things don't work out go home and tell her don't be like me and have her find out when when you're sitting in front of these attorneys and uh, it becomes a shock and and so I went right home and I said, and I was pretty sure she knew, but I just, I reiterated it. And for me, it was awesome because she was just like, well, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll build a hut. We'll do something. But it's not even a concern for me because it's not going to happen. And yeah. so I, I think for me, the biggest thing is you've got to have people on your team. You've got to believe in yourself more than, more than anybody else. You've got to believe in yourself and your abilities. Um, but you have to have a team around you, whether it's family, friends, yep. those going into business with you or or at least supporting you in the decision. And, and you know, you got to believe in you, too. And, and you you kind of used your, you know, your significant other as a sidebar. But I will tell you, being a business my entire life, um, being self-employed literally since I was 26, if you don't have the support of your spouse, your significant other, it's not going to work. That is the most important part of this of this entire equation. Uh, again, I know that you you kind of threw it in there, but I'm glad that you did because a lot of people think, well, this is my business. I'm going to go in there and you know, and my wife's going to do her thing and she's going to stay home or she's going to work or whatever. You can't do that because they get as wrapped into this entire process both for rewards and liabilities as much as you do. So you've got to let them know. Hey, talk to us a little bit. First of all, uh, tell everybody, what market are you in? We're in the uh, Coachella Valley, the Palm Springs area. Oh, okay. Uh, probably about 90 miles um, east of Los Angeles. I, uh, I, we, I used to tell everybody Palm Springs, but now most, especially younger people, know Coachella because of the music festival. So okay. yeah, we're right in that area. I've got a very good friend. In fact, I grew up with him. He and his wife were out uh, a couple months ago, uh, about a month ago, actually, for the weekend. He lives in Palm Springs, but he lives in some golf resort. He's a phenomenal golfer, uh, but it's a really cool area. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous area. Um, being in Palm Springs or being in Florida or being in Michigan, you guys are all up against very, very similar uh kind of challenges, hurdles, competition, you know, in, in fact, in the, uh, in the eyes of the consumers, you're pretty much all selling the same stuff. You're all selling commodities. So yeah, yeah. if you cannot figure out a way to decommoditize, you're just going to get lumped in with everybody else as just another contractor. What is it you do? You know, we, we, we talked a little bit about it and you've got this kind of a unique approach to, uh, to your business to set yourself aside apart from others. Talk about that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. 
Yeah. So it, you you said it so well. I mean, I think I think us fellow HVAC contractors are our own worst enemy, and there seems to be sometimes this race to the bottom. And that's a whole different story that I could get into about people going into business and then end up working for wages, but they they commoditize the the the, the industry, um, and they compete on price. And I just decided we're not doing that. And then and there's a lot of successful companies out there that, that choose not to do that. Uh, we we chose to be the best um, and and stand by what we do and deliver an exceptional level of service. But those things, like everybody, uh, you know, tries to do does do. Some people do it better than us. But we really said, okay, when we go into a home, and we're and we're mostly residential. Um, we need to take a whole home approach. Um, we need to look at the home as as a whole and in its entirety, and and really understand um, wh- who who the who the who the consumer is, who the homeowner is, and and who the people in the home are, and and what are their real issues and concerns. Um, I think I I always compare it with the team to you know. There's MDs, medical doctors, and then there's doctors of osteopathic medicine. And and while they're they're the same as an MD, their their whole philosophy in medicine is different of of, of treating the whole body um, versus just just the symptom. And so when we go into a home, we want to know um, what are the problems, what are the pain points, and how can we best solve them, and not just look at HVAC. That's why we got into plumbing. Um, what else can we do to make things better? You know, safety first. We always take a safety first approach. Then we take comfort. You know, we're looking at comfort. So safety, comfort. And then and then last, which I think a lot of companies lead with this, at least the, the ones that I've come up against, um, is, is efficiency. And efficiency is, is in saving money and, and reducing utility bills. But, you know, you can go into a home and if you're, if you're talking efficiency and they've you find out they got a $150 a month electric bill, well, you're barking up the wrong tree, right? Um, at the end of the day, people have air conditioning, they have hot water, they have all these things um, because they want to be comfortable. So give, give a, I mean, we give can a, survive without it. Yeah. So if but, you don't, if we, you don't mind, give me an example of what you're talking about. You, um, if you go in, if somebody calls you up and they said, Hey, I think our air conditioning needs to be replaced. You'll go in and you'll you'll do what you'll say to them after you've done a complete inspection of their entire home. You'll if they don't need a new air conditioner, even though you've got an opportunity to sell one, you could do something very inexpensive, such as cleaning the ductwork or whatever. So kind of talk about that approach, that transparency, that honest uh, approach to the home and the the whole house situation. Yeah, and we we just had one not too long ago. Actually, we had um, this homeowner called us up. Has never used us. They were getting estimates from different companies and and we went out and we went out on a Friday afternoon and uh, he's like listen I, I need a new air conditioner this thing is just not cool in the house um, so our comfort advisor was out there you know our comfort advisors spend two to three hours on a call uh, a lot of times and at the end of the day it, it was like keep your air conditioner you've got you've got a good air conditioning system. Your issue is the ductwork. Um, we need to replace the ductwork. If we replace a new air conditioning system, you're going to have the same problems. The problems are probably going to be amplified because now you have a new system 
and you're going to be expecting um, a change and, and it's not going to improve anything. Um, so anyways, um, I think it was a day or two later, they called back and went with our recommendation. And what they were, they were saying, like everybody that went in the house gave them a quote for a new air conditioning system. And um, I mean, that's what we do, right? Like, but I think in that, in that situation, it's, it's kind of like talking to a, a doctor, talking to a patient. Um, you can't, you can't do the same prescription for everybody and you can't, you know, you can't say, oh, your knees are bad. Let's, um, let's go ahead and, and re replace your knees. Uh, it may be, uh, dude, you got to lose like 50 pounds. Let's lose 50 pounds first. And, uh, if your knees aren't better, then, then we can talk about possibly surgery, but let's, let's take that approach and, uh, and, and make sure that we're, that we're, we're not doing something that doesn't need to be done. And what we do do fixes the problem. So, and so how much, what was yeah. the difference? Uh, how much money did you lose by not installing a new system? And I'm not going to say lose because you you're serving the customer and I, well, let me rephrase it. How much would you have charged compared to how much you were able to charge? Just the difference. Was it a lot of money? Yeah, it was about an $8,000 difference. Wow. Um, yeah. And, but here's the thing, that system will have to be replaced. Yeah. Now they're a, 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 what we call a service plus member or a club member. Now they went from being a customer to a client. And guess what? When that system needs to be replaced, the odds that we're going to get the opportunity to do that, um, it, it is, it, I believe is in our favor. And it's, it's kind of like, look, you can't go out and harvest the whole forest. Um, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes I believe, and we're guilty of it too. And we train on it consistently. We, we, you can overlook um, some of the obvious things. And that's why you have to constantly train on it and not just train on it, but as leaders in the organization, we have to communicate what, what the expectation is. And, and you, you go out there and if we replace that system, we, we would have had a higher ticket um, and we would have had a unhappy customer and we probably would have ended up replacing the ductwork for a steep discount because we we should have addressed that first you're not you're not so much a uh a salesperson a a, a contractor an order taker you really I, and i love the fact that you you kind of uh draw the analogy between you and a doctor you're a consultant you're you're building relationships you're you're spending time with the homeowner and they know that you're being honest they know you could have sold them a, a, a very expensive system and instead, you said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd love to sell you the equipment. You don't need it. And how far do you think that's going to go? I mean, I'm, that's rhetorical. I'm telling you, it's going to go a long, long way, not just with this customer, with everybody this customer knows. So, you know, you're building that relationship. And here's the other thing, Patrick. And this isn't just heating, cooling, plumbing contractors. This is contractors in general, roofing, painters, all of them, landscapers. They have a bad reputation in most markets because a lot of them are small companies they work out of the truck they're unreliable they don't they're not you know they don't do what they say they're going to do they don't return phone calls they don't show up when they're supposed to and anybody such as yourself who can really help to you know improve the level of respect uh, among the heating cooling plumbing contractors is an amazing thing so you're helping the 
industry as well as helping yourself. And I really truly believe that. And that goes way back. I remember doing training programs for, for dealers and TMs 30 years ago. And, and, you know, the, one of the things was what, you know, what I remember a contractor saying to me during a program, why would I want, why would I want to have these guys be as good as me? You know, you're helping to just create competition. And then, and then I said, well, let me ask you, who would you rather compete with? One of these awesome contractors who upholds the, the industry or some shyster working out of the trunk of his car? You know, what one would you rather compete against? And they, you know, you're right. So it's really improving yeah. the industry as well as improving your own business. I love this approach. So when you go into a home and you say, okay, look, we're just going to be a consultant. Do you ever get pushed back because you say we need to spend a little bit of time or do people seem like this is the real deal? Yeah, yeah, we do. You get people that are like, especially people that are just uh, shopping quotes, right? They're right. You're like, look, I just need to know a price. I just need to know a price. And uh, that's all I need. And, and, and that's where training comes in with, with our team to explain to the homeowner, listen, I, I can't just give you a price. This is an applied product. Um, there, there's things that, that have to be known beforehand. Static pressure of the existing system and ductwork. Um, the heat locale. Um, where where are your issues? How many people are in the home? Um, you know, we those are things that, that are going to take time to do this right. And and we will tell somebody if if they don't have the time or they're pushing back. Most times, once you explain why you need to do all that um, and why it's part of your process, they understand and they, and and they're you know they they're happy they because they're like, okay well that makes sense and you now you just separated yourself from everybody else because yeah. now you now you know now you're contrasted against um people that wow they didn't go in the attic. they didn't they didn't measure the house they didn't ask me that question and so now you're really starting to separate yourself and then the other person was in and out and i can't tell you how many people go in and don't leave a quote and we'll email it to them. Yeah. And and it's it, it's amazing um, that that it's such an antiquated process. Um, but when you get the ones that say, no, I just I, I don't want it, we'll say, well, listen, let's schedule a time when you do have the time. And if they if they refuse or don't want to, we'll say, okay, well, we we can't quote you. Um, and if you change your mind, give us a call back. So, this, so that was actually my question. So if somebody says we don't have the time, you'll come right out and say, look, we're, we can't give you a quote unless we do a diagnostic. We, we just can't do it. You'll, so you'll correct, say that. Correct. Go back, to the, go back to the doctor, right? Yeah. Um, you walk in, you tell the, the doctor, you go to a doctor and say, hey, doc, I need new knees. And if the doctor's like, great, let's get you scheduled for surgery. We can do <laughs> <Yeah>. this uh, <laughs> three days from now. I'd be really concerned. Yes. Yeah, right. Or if, if you started calling doctors, hey, how much would it be for new knees? If a doctor's going to give you a price and 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 schedule you for surgery, the doctor's going to at least get the X-rays and and the and the stuff from from the previous yeah. doctors. Probably going to send you to have it redone, um, and he's going to make his own determination and evaluation. And if and if he's a really good doctor, um, if surgery is not needed or there's something else to do probably going to recommend that other path first, or at least give you the multiple options and let you decide. And so, I think it's the same thing. Right? I agree. So, but here now, so let's go into the last part of our discussion. We talked about what you think differentiates you um, from 
other other contractors or what advice can you give other contractors that kind of makes your doing business better and, and more profitable, more successful. And one of the things you talked about was how you you train folks to all follow the same process. Get into that a little bit, if you would. You talked about um, you know the need to, the need for uh, duplicating everything and everyone. So if you wouldn't mind, talk about that a little bit because I found that quite intriguing. Yeah. So so we've gotten to where we are as a company by having good process and procedure, um, but but we're sorely lacking, and and uh, so it's one of our focuses right now. We've always said, okay, how does this happen? How do we do this? And then set about um, writing out a process. Of course, you have to have good management to make sure the processes are carried out and adhered to. Um, but we also, um, we also, and I tell this to the team all the time, like if I fall off the face of the earth tomorrow uh, or Francisco does or any one of the individuals on the team, the company has to keep moving forward. We have to build an organization that isn't dependent on on any one individual or any any uh, group of individuals. Um, and I, I used I used the example of the the Notre Dame USC game back in uh, I think I, I forget the year '88 maybe where Ricky Waters and uh, um, Tony uh, I forget his last name were were sent home uh, the 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 morning of the uh, the championship game number one running back number one uh, wide receiver because they were late for dinner. Oh. And, um, and, and Lou Holtz sent them home. And you know what those two guys do, Lou Holtz knew and the team knew is they'd be okay because they weren't the team. The team was made up of everybody. And, of course, they ended up winning that game. And, and that's, how, that's how we focus on things here is we have to win every day. And, and we have to win regardless of, of – who is here, who's not here. You can't stress sometimes we tolerate individuals we shouldn't have on the team mm-hmm. because we're afraid of what it's going to be like without them. Most mm-hmm. of the times when that individual goes away, you end up finding out that it's not that bad and it's actually even better. But I, mean, I will every, say every, one everybody the, has gone through that and everybody will say, I thought it was going to be a lot worse <laughs> when they yeah. finally let that one person go. Yeah, and I, I will tell you, one of the things we've learned and we've been – you know, we, we're involved in a lot of organizations, a lot of training, and um, you know, with everything going on with private equity out there, it, it, it's tempting to, to to go that direction. But I'm in a place in my life; it's just not for me. So I'm like, what else is there out there? Um, and and so a lot of what I'm what I'm talking to you about is is stuff that I've started learning me and and my business partner, the entire team from this group called Cardone Ventures, and. They are, we're working with them. This individual, Brandon Dawson, is, is amazing. Um, and, and he's not specific to the trades. He's, it, he, he works with all businesses. But we engage with them to build our roadmap to growth. And, and we realized, I always call them glass ceilings, right, for the HVAC trade. Like, businesses seem to struggle busting through $2 million. Then they seem to struggle busting through around $5 million. And then for us, it's the 15 million mark. It's like we get up there and back, back down, get up there, back down. And so I learned uh, working with, with Brandon as Cardone Ventures that there's actual breakpoints that every business hits. And we're stuck in what we call breakpoint three. Um, and so while I kind of knew we were stuck in this range, I didn't really know why. 
And, and now we, we have figured out why. And a lot of it is um, the gaps in the process and pre procedures we have. Um, and while we have some good ones, where the gaps exist, we got to close those gaps. And, and we've got to build an organization that um, if I decide to ride off into the sunset for, for 60 days, when I come back, the business should be better than it was when I was here. You know, um, and so that's that's what we're focused on now. And I think anybody that's starting business or is smaller in business, I hear a lot of people say, especially when it talks about going to software, doing a certain type of budget, a certain way. Oh, that's great when you're when you're a certain size, but we're too small to do that. And I'm like, man, like start when you're small. Do the discipline now. It's a hell of a lot harder to 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 get to a certain size and decide you're going to start, start those things. Yeah. And yeah. so I would say document everything, have a process for everything, make sure everybody understands it. Um, and it's going to be critical, especially as growth starts happening. You know, I, I absolutely, I, and I'm not just saying this, it's like, it's like you were part of my preparation for my present, my leadership presentations. One of the things that I really, really drive home hard is process. And and I use Disney as an example. You go to the, any of the Disney parks and it feels magical. It's not magic, it's process. Walt Disney was fanatically obsessed with process. Every single person, every cast member, thousands of them understood the process and did it exactly the same way as the next person. And when you have that consistency in process, the consistency with your staff, like they, all of your folks go out and they deliver the same customer experience. They talk the same talk. They, they explain, you know, your your, your procedures, your process for not just giving a quote, you have to have a diagnostic. All those things lead to consistency. And the one thing that's going to kill a company or a brand faster than anything is an inconsistent brand delivery. So the fact that you've got your 100%. processes, yeah, you've got your processes, you've got your people all doing the same thing. That's that's um, probably the best advice that you've given uh, since our conversation today. Hey, Patrick, I know you're busy. Um, I want to wrap it up, but do uh, you have anything else you want to add? You know, I would just say, you know, this industry we're in is fantastic. There's tremendous opportunity, um, and and I think that. Uh, I'm a firm believer in you've got to you've got to help each other out, and whether that's um, through somebody coming and touring your facility, um, or getting some advice, or or, or giving some advice, um, we we just got to treat each other well out there, especially when we're when we're going in against each other on, on competing bids and things like that. Um, it's one of the things we we have as a rule here: never, never speak negative about the competition um you just got to hold yourself to that standard and, and we all do uh you're in addition to being a great leader and a great businessman you're a, you're you're a good person a great person i mean that having having that you know that rule of not disparaging and taking the high road is something that more business people need to do so thanks for ending it on that one that was powerful hey patrick i'm gonna sign us off but don't go away i'm gonna come back to you uh but again thank you so much for your time today i really really enjoyed it yeah thank you thank you all right well, my friends, another episode of Cracking the Code, the official video interview series of Contractor University powered by EGIA. I'm Scott Deming with us today. We were just speaking with Patrick Summers from General Air Conditioning and Plumbing. What a great conversation. 
I truly enjoyed it, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Awesome content right there from Scott, as always. Now, listen, if you like this episode, share it on Facebook. And if you want to unlock more premium training content to take your company to the next level, click the link in the Facebook post for a 30-day free trial. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We'll see you next week. And until then, bye-bye for now. <laughs>